Hey everyone, welcome to The Pursuit with James Griffin. Today we're talking about our mission statement and what that means for all of us. Hey everyone, welcome to The Pursuit with James Griffin. My name is Mike Anthony and I'm the discipleship pastor here at Cross Point City Church. And I am here with our senior pastor, James Griffin. Yeah. James, come now, on, Mike. Let's, let's celebrate for a second. All right. This is literally... The first episode yep. of your first podcast. No pressure, right? right. Yeah, just don't screw it up. <laughs> I, think I, that's, I think that's the goal today, yeah, isn't it? I was thinking, man, I really hope James doesn't blow this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do my best, uh, man. Yes, it's going to be awesome. Just be kind. Yes, we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, but what I want to do right now, I want us to go ahead and jump right into our topic um, so that we can really kind of maximize our time in each of these episodes. So um, over the course of this first season, as you're listening to this thing, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be unpacking uh, our church's mission statement, our our strategy, how we function as a church, our core convictions, really so that you can hear um, from the horse's mouth what we believe and why we believe it. So this week, we are talking about our mission statement. So to be clear, when I say mission statement, I'm talking about the mission statement of Cross Point City Church. So this is the church that we both serve at. Uh, and this is a statement that defines and drives everything we do as a church. So James, what is our mission statement? Yeah, I really better not mess this up, right? <laughs> so yeah, we talk about it all the time here at Cross Point. We exist to relentlessly pursue those far from God to help them know and follow Jesus. That is the mission. Again, Mike, to your point, it is why we do what we do. It drives everything, every decision yeah. we make, every ministry that that we implement and execute and, and start. So it, it really is critically important to the life of our church. Yeah. So as I'm thinking about this, because you're also celebrating your 10-year anniversary this year, right, as pastoring this church. That's right. Um, And, you know, thinking about how, like, what has kind of formed this this mission statement, this idea in your head, help us understand uh, how did we land on, like, this statement to relentlessly pursue uh, and if you're listening to this, you haven't picked up on it. That's why it's called the pursuit, right? So we are <laughs> relentlessly pursuing those who are far from God. Uh, how did we? How did we land on this? Like, what was kind of the history in that? Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I would say the answer is twofold. So there's a biblical reason, and there's a practical reason. And I'll start with the biblical reason. It, it all goes back to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. For anyone that's been a part of our church for a while, uh, I mean, you know, I am a mission guy. I bleed the Great Commission. I am passionate about seeing the church accomplish this mission in the world. But in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Christ gathers his disciples on a mountain in Galilee. This is post-resurrection, pre-ascension, and he commissions them. Right. Um, based on the fact that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him, right? <laughs> so the, the authority that Adam and Eve forfeited in the garden, yeah. handed over to the enemy, uh, after the resurrection, that authority was given back to Christ. And, and so in light of that, he calls his disciples to go, yeah. to go and to make other disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to teach them all that he's commanded. And he promises to be with them until the end of the age. Mm-hmm. And I truly do believe that those are the marching orders for the church today. Yeah, This is the one thing that Christ has called us to do in the world. And so we can give our lives over to many things, but if we don't do that one thing, we're missing out on what Christ has commissioned us to do. 
And so as a church, like that's at the heartbeat. Why do we relentlessly pursue people who are far from God to help them know and follow Jesus? Because that's what Christ called us to do. Yeah, that's a pretty good reason. It's Right, yeah. exactly. So in, in light of who he is and what he's accomplished, we go into the world. And, and I believe, again, that there's two parts of this. We go to the nations, but we also go to our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We go across the street, we go across the world and fulfilling the mission. It starts with the proclamation of the gospel. Uh, we have to tell people about the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension and the future return of Jesus Christ. And, and as people respond to that good news, we baptize them. Mm-hmm. And the way that we teach it here is, is baptism is the way that someone publicly demonstrates that they have trusted Christ, they are submitted to Christ, um, they, are, they are in essence following him, abandoning a lifestyle of sin. And so baptism is a big deal because of that. And then post-baptism, we have a responsibility to come alongside and to teach them how to live in daily submission to the authority of Christ right. by obeying his commandments. Yeah. And so that would be the biblical reason behind the mission. Um, the, the practical reason, and this goes back to the early years of the church. So I, I became the pastor January of 2012. Like you said, I just hit 10 years. Mm-hmm. And right before I got here, the church, it went through a pretty tough season, a season of crisis and about a year and a half into being here, we decided to relaunch the church. Let's just take the people and the resources that were left and, and start over. Yeah. And so we really started wrestling with the question, why does this community need us? That's a good question to ask. Why, why? Yeah. Like, why don't we just shut the doors and go do something else? Why does, why does Cross Point City Church need to exist? Well, in, in, in hopes of answering that question clearly, we reached out to the North American Mission Board and asked them to conduct a demographic study of our area. Mm-hmm. And we found that within about a 20 minute drive time of our Cartersville location, where we were at the time, that the population was 324,000 people. We also learned that 80% of those people were unchurched. So we're wow. talking 260,000 people within a very, very short time frame of our building. Not in church anywhere. I, I assume most of them probably don't know Christ. Um, about a couple years later, I think it was two years later, Barna Research did a study and found that 44% of all adult Christians classify as post-Christian. Wow. I'm sorry, adults, not adult Christians, but all adults. (laughs) 44% of all adults classify as post-Christian, which means that they hold a different worldview than we would hold. And so really what that that taught me and and revealed to me is if we're going to reach the people that God has put around us, we can't wait on them to come to us. We have to go to them. Yeah, um, We have to pursue them. We have to pursue relationships. We have to take steps in their direction if we really wanna share the good news of the gospel and, and make disciples and fulfill the Great Commission. And so now that we've added two other locations in Adairsville yeah. and Rome, uh, you know that number's even larger, the need is even greater. And so again, we're, we're the church, we don't wanna sit on our hands and just right. wait on people to come ask us what they need. You know, we, we want to go to them and meet them where they are. So that's why we pursue people. And that's good. So I, as I'm hearing you explain all that, I mean, it sounds like a lot of work for you to do, right? <laughs> so going about this mission statement. It's all on Pastor James, man. It's all on me. Uh, you know, when we're thinking about the mission statement of the church, you know, I think it's important that we also talk about like, who does this apply to? Yeah. Because, you know, I think, I think it's safe to say that an expectation of um, 
the typical church staff or the typical pastor at a church is like, okay, yeah, but we pay you to do all that. Yep. Right. So, you know, good luck as you relentlessly <laughs> pursue those far from God. Yep. Um, so help, help us, let's unpack a little bit. Like who does this, obviously it's not just you, right. And obviously right. it's not just a, a staff member or a pastor, you know, it, it falls on all of us, but let's unpack that a little bit about why that's necessary that we're all involved in it. Yep. That's great, man. Um, yeah, I, I definitely don't want to be the guy misleading. Right. And, and causing people to think that, yeah, it's the pastors and the paid professionals who mm-hmm. are responsible for fulfilling the Great Commission because the truth is that responsibility belongs to all of us. Right. Every disciple of Jesus Christ bears the responsibility of helping to fulfill this great commission in the world. Mm-hmm. And so if you know Christ, um, the work of evangelism is yours, the work of disciple making is yours. And the reason I think it's so important for us to see it in this way is because the truth is like, I, I can't be where all of our people are. Right. How could you? Like I'm right. And neither can you, right? I yeah. mean, like it's, we don't wake up and go into the schools and teach every day. Yeah. We don't wake up and, and go into the business world and, and rub shoulders with clients and customers all day. We're, we're not uh, on the front lines of, you know, the factories that exist in our community, you know, whatever it may be. Right. And so I truly believe that, that we are all missionaries in a sense. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us, um, God has uniquely designed us, and and I love this, uniquely designed us to be who we are, wired us up in the way that he's wired us so that we can go into different arenas of life and culture and be lights for the gospel. And so again, this is something that we're all called to. Yeah. And if we're gonna fulfill it, then, then we have to do it together. And so we have to feel that burden personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it... it it was a sobering thought um, years ago, you know, and thinking about this idea of the Great Commission. And, you know, a, a lot of times it can feel very weighty. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we have a tendency to kind of take that kind of personal responsibility that it's my job alone to accomplish the Great Commission, which is yeah. uh, obviously not the case. But, you know, when we are, um, when, when we're thinking about it in that aspect about like, okay, I have to do this, I have to do this, it was it was kind of this sobering thought that I had uh, a few years back that said, okay, there are people in this world that the Lord wants me to use me to reach that person. Yeah. Right. So it's not that I specifically have to accomplish the great commission on my own, or even us as a church accomplish the great commission on our own, because it's impossible. Yeah. Right. But there are these specific people and relationships that we have the ability to impact that others won't. That's right. You know, you're going to have people you can impact that I can't. That's right. Uh, And, you know, for everybody. So talking about that. Okay. Yeah. We've, we've acknowledged it's heavy. Yeah. All right. We each have our individual responsibilities and how are we supposed to do that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And before I, I say practically how we're supposed to do that, let me, let me give another spiritual answer if oh, I can, good. because I, like I think, I think this is incredibly important. Um, I, I, I believe that we really have to anchor ourselves in the promise of Jesus in Matthew twenty eight twenty, where mm-hmm. he promises to be with us until the end of the age. That's good. If we forget that Christ is with us through the person of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the Great Commission can feel very, very overwhelming. Yeah. Like if I, if I believe that the responsibility is mine and oh my gosh, I, like, it's, it's on, like, I've got to do it. And I'm alone in that. <laughs> no right? pressure. Oh my gosh, yeah. that, that burden is too great. But <laughs> praise God 
that in grace and kindness, he gives us the ability and the power to do what he's called us to do. Yeah. I think of Acts 1.8, where mm-hmm. Jesus says to his disciples, yeah, I've given you the mission and I want you to go, but don't go yet. Yep. You don't have the power that you need. It's one more thing you need. Exactly. Yep. And so stay in the city, don't go anywhere. Um, I'm gonna send someone. And, and when he comes, you're gonna be clothed with power and Acts 1.8, and he's gonna give you the power you need to be my witnesses in mm-hmm. Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so, you know, the spiritual answer to the how question would be, man, we need the spirit of God empowering us. Absolutely. We, we've got to walk in daily surrender to him so that his presence and power is evident in our lives. We can't do it without him. We mm-hmm. can't do it apart from him. And so what great comfort yeah. that, that God supplies himself so that we can do what he's called us to do. Uh, on a practical level, how do we do this as a church? Yep. Well, there's some words that we throw around quite often, they actually on the wall in our lobby. So if anyone ever forgets them, you just read the <laughs> wall. Uh, so very, very simple approach. Uh, we gather together weekly as a church family and we gather for Bible teaching. We gather for prayer, for worship, for fellowship, to take the sacraments, baptism, communion. Um, and, and I believe that all of those things serve the purpose of, of God further sanctifying us, further making us like Christ, so that we can be prepared for the mission he's called us to. Yeah. Secondly, we connect, we connect people in community. The primary way that we do that is through our groups ministry, which again, Mike, you, you lead and yeah. you're at the forefront of this thing, but we do believe that we cannot live on mission in isolation. Yeah. We have to do this together. If, 100%. if we're gonna accomplish the great commission, it's a, it's a collective effort. Number three, um, we engage, we engage the mission through service, through sending, through generosity, and so part of accomplishing the Great Commission is about funding the mission. It's about using our gifts to accomplish the mission. Yeah. It's about sending people all over the world to, to do it in different places. And then finally, we multiply um, and we multiply at all levels. And so we're talking artists, groups, leaders, teams, campuses, and even brand new churches. And so if we're gonna take new ground for the kingdom, we've always gotta be thinking about how we raise up uh, believers, how we reproduce, and that's at both the micro and the macro level. Yeah. And I think in the coming weeks, we're gonna talk a whole lot more about all of that, right? Yep, absolutely. So you know, as you're kind of unpacking all these things, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're thinking, okay, that, that's, that's cool, but I really want it. Like, how do I do that? <laughs> uh, and we did that on purpose. So the point of the next few episodes, we're gonna unpack each of those um, tenets of our strategy to gather, connect, engage, and multiply. Uh, we're gonna unpack each one in the next several episodes, and then we're gonna move into uh, our core conviction statements yep. where we're gonna unpack those as well. So that's it for this week. Don't miss next week as we start unpacking what we mean when we say gather. Uh, But until then, know that we're here for you and we love you.